boop here. One, two, bup, one, bup, two. Bup, bup. This is Rick Squad. <laughs> What's up, buddy? You know why? You know why I hollered Brick Squad? Because uh, it's fun. Because these days everybody just shooting their shot and hitting bricks, <laughs> just <laughs> bricking every shot. Everything goes up. Everything's a brick. Bricks on bricks on bricks. Bricks on bricks on bricks. That was fucked. That was a bit fucked. The whole program's <laughs> cocked, bud. It really is. But you know what? But you know what? We have sounders and we're recording a podcast, so it and, could and fucking be worse. And we're still breathing. We're God damn still it. out here. Right side of the dirt, they say. Sure. You know I'm, not that mean? I'm not sure who they is, but I, I can infer meaning from that. You know, the proverbial, uh, you know. They, they. What? What? <laughs> Dude, have you watched? Oh, man. Have you been watching WWE without an audience? Uh, I've seen some of the clips floating around. Oh, my God. It is a sight to behold. I'll say that much. <laughs> I, I'm, to be honest, I'm shocked they're doing it because it's so fucking good, dude. It's so awkward, though. I know, but it's like, it's all the good stuff of wrestling because they're still like, you know, it's still the same commitment and production value. And like, they're still playing to the crowd, even though there isn't one. And they set up okay. like thousands of chairs and cut to crowd shots and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess maybe that's like the weirdest part is like that they're being kind of self-aware about it. Oh, very much so. Like you kind of have to be, but I, I guess there's also part of me that's like, did, are they being self-aware about it? Because they didn't have the resources to be able to like rewrite it, you know? So they're just no. like, fuck it. And imagine the audience. No, there. cause we're like, we're weeks into them doing it now. They're, they're having fun with it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. you gotta watch the, uh, the stone cold three sixteen day bit from whatever that was two weeks ago. It's fucking phenomenal. It's like an Eric Andre sketch. Is that the one where it's the one I'm pulling yelling, all these sounders from? By the way, is that the one where <laughs> is that the one where he's like, "Give me a hell yeah!" And like, there's nobody in the audience. It just cuts to chairs, and he said, "I said, give me a hell yeah!" And like, there's still nobody in the audience. Give me a and then he yells yeah. it a third. Yeah, and then he yells it a third time, and there's like a random commentator up in the background that's like, "Hell yeah!" Hell yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that yes, guy. I have that's both the, of those. <laughs> that's the one I'm thinking of. Dude, it's oh, man. it's brilliant. It's it's just like wrestling but 20% better now. God bless him. Mm -hmm. Who who would have thought that getting 50,000 people out of the audience was what it took? Is that what to we're make doing? wrestling better? <laughs> Dude, we got uh we got this out of it. Is that what we're doing? And thank you very much for the participation. And tough ass crowd here. <laughs> tough ass crowd here is good. We're going to use that every time we make a bad joke, which will be every yeah. five to 10 minutes. Absolutely. Uh, fantabulous. I feel like I sort of jumped the gun on things that are bringing me joy lately, but uh, you, you got any? Um, I have to dig deep this week, but I know you got one at least. <laughs> gonna, gonna dig, gonna dig deep this week. Um, Bringing me joy. All right. I I got to be honest. 
yesterday it was like 61 and sunny in Minneapolis. Sure was. And I have already like gotten my uh my like backyard umbrella and like patio table and chairs set up on my back patio. It's raining motherfuckers. <laughs> it was not raining motherfuckers. <laughs> okay, good. It was it was raining nobody, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, but that's good. I did say umbrella. You gotta you gotta bring out the rain and motherfuckers. Told you I'm gonna um, there's never gonna be an appropriate time to use it, and I'm going to use it constantly. It's great. It, look, you know <laughs> J-Rock is close to my heart for a variety of reasons. <laughs> so I'll take J-Rock any any given moment. Um no, but I uh I sat outside with my computer on my patio and it was 61 and sunny and that brought me a a small moment of joy uh this week so a small simple one but that's what i'm going with hell yeah dude you gotta take what you can get i've been i've been taking to uh just getting high and walking around my neighborhood with a basketball dude are you like oh my god are you like juking and like yeah like trying to like <laughs> behind the back people and shit. Well, I mean, there are no people, but yeah, I'm definitely just walking around my neighborhood, working on my handles for sure. You ca- you crossing cars out here, <laughs> just squirrels and birds and shit, sh- shaking bacon the fucking gutter the mailman, <laughs> the mailman, fucking just th- through the legs right over the top of a fucking tree branch. Like, oh, what's up? <laughs> I'm trying. That's that's been doing a little bit for me. Uh, fucking fucking that's Tiger legit. King brought me a lot of joy. Did it, man? We don't have enough time on this show. No, we're not going to do it because literally yeah. every other podcast is doing it this week. I'm I'm sure. I, I you don't I need say, our Tiger though, King content. I'll just say this: I watched the whole thing, and it brought me the opposite of joy. I by the end of it, I was sadder at the human condition than when I started and was not a better person in any way, shape or form for having ingested it. And I was sort of bummed I did it. (laughs) So, I mean, that's, I can understand that response. (laughs) Um, I went in with a, with the mindset of like, it was, you know, it was going to be fun. So therefore it was fun, but I could totally understand, uh, seeing a bunch of miserable people being miserable and not having fun. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much that was sort of my take. Yeah, yeah, that that's valid. But 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 hey, like you said, get it where you can get it. Get it where it fit in. <laughs> that was fucked. That was a bit fucked. <laughs> it's that was me and Katie's yes. conversation after the show finished. Yeah, that was fucked. That was a bit fucked. And then you just kind of <laughs> kept on going with your life. You just know, keep it pushing. Well, shall we talk about uh? Some ancient mysteries. Some ancient mysteries. Mm-hmm. I really like. I really like calling this topic an ancient mystery. Mason and I got into some uh, like somewhat modern, somewhat ancient internet mysteries. It's like a fun overlap of uh, something that started as like a very localized mystery and turned into a broader internet mystery. And that's very lit. And now I'm I'm like sort of obsessed with finding more of those things that like started as weird isolated mysteries pre-internet and now have found a second life on the internet as as an as a um it's like it's like ghostwriter kind of or huh mm, do you remember the show ghostwriter yeah where the kit where like the like the fucking celestial being helped them solve mysteries 
Right. It's like a, the celestial ghost, being if you will. is the internet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a ghost who also wrote uh, that. Um, it's like that, but like, but we're the kids and the ghost is the internet. And is that what we're doing? We're, that's what <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. So anyway, it. Uh, I came across the greatest mystery of our generation or was reminded of the greatest ge- mystery of our generation. The S, the, the universal S, the, uh, well, let me do it this way. Brian, did you and your yep. classmates write that, that cool S on shit in elementary and middle school? Absolutely. Okay. The one with the three, three or two sets of three vertical lines, you connect them and make a cool S. Uh, 14 total lines. Is that what the number is? I think I read that somewhere. It's Uh, it's 14 total, I think. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah. Um, What did you call that thing? Okay. So I'm glad you're asking because I I had the same question for you because I was like, in in watching the video that you sent me and then in like researching it, I didn't realize it had so many names. Yeah, I didn't either because I think we all had our little localized experience with it, you know. Right, right. Um, we always called it the graffiti S. That was okay. like the way I knew it. See, we called it the cool S, which I guess is also one version that was popular. Okay. Some people called it a Superman or a pointy S or the Stussy S or the Superman sc- doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't look anything like the Superman logo. Like not even a not even a little bit. I mean, they're both the letter S. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> that, but that's literally where it stops. Is in that pretty pretty rudimentary fact. It's also sometimes called the skater S, surfer S, stoner S, gangster S, cool S, or fancy S. Um, I guess if you don't know what we're strong. talking about, Google any of those things, and you'll you'll find it. Um. Yeah, right. So I and you and I'm assuming many other people drew this thing on like the back of every math assignment and in the margins of every textbook in the 90s and early 2000s. I remember people doing it like almost uh, like meditatively, like just like one after the next. Oh, right. Yeah. Like just like filling pages with them or like big, small, medium, just like over and over and over and over again. Yeah. What's weird is that it was so universal and no one seems to know where it came from or what it is or why we all knew how to draw it by the time we finished middle school. Right. Right. So there are some Reddit threads uh, on a couple different subreddits about like what is this and what did you call it and where did it come from and i found a bunch of different possible explanations but before that i found like a way i didn't realize that this existed in as broad of a way as it did so if you scroll through those those threads um there are there's an unresolved mysteries post subreddit uh from 2017 And in that, uh, somebody said it was ever present in the UK. I drew it in the early 80s. 
Um, I'm in Australia, and it was popular here, too, when I was in primary and middle school in the late 90s, early 2000s. I started drawing this when I was in fifth grade in 1980. Uh, I saw this in a 4chan thread about six or seven years ago. I was visiting my dad at the time and showed it to him. He said they drew it when he was a kid in the late 50s and early 60s. So we've got this thing going back to 50s or 60s and all over the U.S., Europe, and Australia, at least, according to just browsing Reddit. The thing that I find most fascinating about its pervasiveness is that there isn't like, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this, but like there isn't like a, um, like an institutional reason for its existence, you know? Right. I mean, like, I think that's the mystery is, is like why? cursive. We all got taught cursive. And the reason that cursive stayed alive isn't because like, we all just like osmosis, like learned cursive from each other from the universe. It's because there was like a fucking class and you got taught cursive and you learned it. Right. But there is not like we can all trace back to why we know how to write in cursive or like, right. Did at one point. Right. But there, but this fucking, this graffiti S this cool S (laughs) is not like part of any class or like learning. You're not right. You're not getting this from a specific like, oh, yeah, when you're in fourth grade, everybody takes the cool S class. Like, <laughs> exactly. that doesn't happen. So I was sitting in my living room last night reading about this shit, and I showed an image of it to my wife. I was like, did you draw this thing? And of course she did. And I asked her why, if she remembered why or like how she started or like learned about it. And she just said, because I loved graph paper. <laughs> Oh, and it was neat. first of all, that is the most on brand uh-huh. sentence your wife has ever said yep. in her whole life. Yep. Uh, but it, I mean, it makes sense. It's like something that you can easily draw on graph paper. And like that was a very specific time in our development where we had regular access to graph paper. Right, right. Since we don't like. Yeah. Um, um, browsing through a couple other Reddit threads, there's one um, from the Reddit Bureau of Investigation, which is a fun subreddit to browse if you're bored. Sure, sure. And some possible explanations and people's interactions with it. Um, one person said, I went to middle school in Bulgaria and remember that we used to do something very similar, which is weird because Bulgarians use the Cyrillic alphabet. And there is no S in the Cyrillic alphabet. At least there isn't a letter form that looks like an S. Oh, interesting. Um, Somebody said (laughs) universal S is just the icon for the server software that runs the simulation of this universe. It's embedded in the subconscious mind of all living things and occasionally shows up as an Easter egg from the developers. Right. Um, So, and then there's this, uh, did you watch that, uh, What's the fucking guy with the the YouTube video? Is it like Le, 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 Liam Liamini or Lamini? <laughs> Luigi? Le, Luigi? Lamino? I don't know. Lamino? Yeah, hold on. what the fuck? Le, Lemino? Lemino? Yeah. Mm. That guy. L E M M I N O. Lamino. We'll go with Lamino. Lamino. He he calls his channel documentaries and list videos narrated by a 20-something Swedish guy. <laughs> Perfect. 
Yeah, so he did a, a, a very, like, a years-long deep dive on this. And if you want a, like, 20-minute really good primer of the whole thing, uh, he has a video called The Universal S on YouTube. Uh, that dude got, like, that dude got, like, incepted by this concept. Yeah, his channel <laughs> and, like, is really good, though. Like, it's not could, just No, it's one. great. I just mean, like, he couldn't, he, he went down, he went down the rabbit hole with this whole phenomenon in a very fantastic way and i yeah. highly recommend it um so there's a whole bunch of other stuff that comes up in there um including uh i don't know if it's through there or maybe through what one of these reddit threads but um somebody said yeah it must have been one of the Reddit threads i was thinking the same thing about another early 90s thing and all kids across the U.S. had our suit, our Nintendos, and we all passed along the wisdom to each other that blowing in the cartridge would somehow get the game to work. Did you have a Nintendo, sure. and were you familiar with this technique? Uh, I had a 64, and we for sure did okay. it with a 64. That, the Nintendo 64 was the first game console I ever had. Got it. And got it. we for sure blew in the cartridges. So that got me thinking of like how information moved throughout specifically kids who like shouldn't really have access to other kids outside of their immediate community. Well, and yet somehow sure. we all had like some of these very specific common experiences. That, and that's the thing that I definitely don't understand about this is we're talking about a thing that is like cross continental, right? Like yeah. So over oh, that's over many decades previous to the internet existing. Like when we were kids, when we were younger, when you were in school, because that's the other thing that's weird, right? Is like you played with the kids in your neighborhood, but based on the way that like like literal districting works, there is like a ninety nine percent chance that all the kids you fucking hung out with in your neighborhood also went to the same school as you. Right. You know, like, yeah, people had like cousins and shit or like, you know, like kids with divorced parents would maybe like, you know, be one place on the weekend and one place, you know, during the week or whatever. But like, generally speaking, you weren't like getting hella information from the outside world of your school. Yeah. And you know? that's I guess that's my point is like, how did this become so ubiquitous, even though we weren't talking to people outside for the most part outside of like our tiny little bubbles like you and right. i you and, and i grew up 10 miles away from each other right and we weren't interacting people who grew up in roseville didn't really interact with kids in south minneapolis right even though we we're like maybe 10 miles away from each other you know right right and yet and this you know thing what? this that's why i brought up the lamino video video a second ago um he found at least from uh message boards and like self-reporting um people in north america south america europe russia asia and australia who claim to be familiar with this thing and have drawn it at some point in their lives see and and see and here's the crazy thing bro and like you know what i'm maybe like hot hot take of the episode but here it is man it's not even that cool of an S, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like Fair. all, th all things considered, like it'd be one thing if kids were running around being like, Hey, yo, 
I figured out how you can print your own money. <laughs> and all you got to do is like these like five things and you print your own money. Kids will be like, damn, I'm going to tell literally everybody I know about this and they're going to take this and share it with other people because that shit is super duper cool and very interesting and valuable to me. Instead, we but had like, the same reaction to the letter S. To 14 <laughs> lines, I was like, it's an S, but with corners. Like, it's not that cool. It's, I mean, like, the first, I, the first kid whose it. friend told him about this should have just been like, what the fuck are you going on about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Like, yeah, you made a shape, bro. Like, yeah. that, cause that's the thing that doesn't, that makes the least sense to me is it would be one thing if there was some additional inherent value to this specific design. And no, so it's just like a shitty meme. Yeah, like, and that's the, that you know, that's the weird part about it is it's like, what's the value in, like, what's the value in that, you know? I don't no, know. No, there is none. It's weird. There's none. And I think that that's probably why it only happened with kids, though, right? Because we don't have, nothing we did as kids had, like, quote, unquote, value in in any, like, monetary or productive sense you know yeah. we had all the time in the world to learn how to draw a stupid s and teach our friends about it right what i also found right. find weird is that there was not a name for it like we all knew how to do this well, thing i mean i kind of i mean i like i sort of disagree like th there were a thousand names for it i guess well right but like you're saying there was not a universal name for it. Yeah, like there's very specific information in terms of like what it is and how to draw it was transferred flawlessly to every continent. And yet we didn't call it the same thing or anything or like you know like you and I again we were 10 miles away from each other calling it two different things. Right. Right. But drawing the exact same thing, and so were all of our friends, and so were kids in Bulgaria, apparently. Right. Going back it to the 40s. makes no fucking sense, dude. Again, from this uh, fucking Lamino dude, from he like found every in instance of it on message boards that he could, and it was like 2,300 total instances or something. I think it was 23,000. Was it? Okay. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a shitload. That, that, that number makes more sense. Um, and yeah, found every continent except Antarctica and made a graph of the like um, the time or like the era that people reported seeing it or drawing it in. And there was yeah. a peak sort of in the 90s, but it went all the way back to, I think, the 40s. And then you had people reporting either teachers or like young people now reporting like, oh, yeah, that's definitely still happening in schools. Which is, again, like, why? Right. Especially now, like post Internet. When you got so many cooler things to draw, dude, like go draw Pokemon or whatever. It's kind of crazy to me that even just like drawing as sort of an idle activity. Is still pervasive. Like we well, I mean, that makes sense mostly because for a significant portion of your day, you've only got access to paper and pen. Like if you pick uh, your phone that's, up, that's that's not really true anymore, though. But if you pick your phone up in class, your teacher is going to beat that ass. Uh, 
Also, like plenty of schools now, kids all have their own laptop or iPad or something. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they're supposed to be locked down, but I know a lot of kids know how to get around that. Yeah, as, as a teacher, I can tell you that they are not. <laughs> they are absolutely not. Um, I used to like, we would have, you know, uh, whatever, restrictive software on them. And I would give it to one kid in particular in my classes to be like, Hey man, uh, get to the internet or like get to a site that you're probably not supposed to. (laughs) And every time, no matter what we did within 30 seconds, he would hand it back to me with either like a browser open or some website that was supposed to be blocked. And you just like throw your head in your hand, like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like what's the, what's the point? No matter, we could (laughs) spend years and millions of dollars on this and fucking Brad is going to figure out how to crack it in 30 seconds. It's like the war on drugs. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> Just pretend I didn't say it. Just keep going. So I guess we can we can talk a little bit about where the fuck this thing may have originated. Um, yeah. Unless there's any other sort of background. Where is it info you wanted to cover? Uh, what, wait, say that again. Unless there's any like uh, sort of base level what is it where was it when was it info you wanted to cover no i think we pretty much covered it like the reality is it was pretty much everywhere it appears to have been around for you found earlier evidence and i did the earliest i heard somebody say was like the 60s um but like evidence is maybe not the right word um anecdotal evidence i suppose that someone was like, we were drawing this when we were kids and they were kids in the fifties or, or like 50s. the the dude in the Reddit thread who said, uh, I showed it to my dad and he said that they used to draw it in the fifties, you know, like that's not sure. evidence, sure. but none of this but shit it's really anecdotal is. evidence. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I have no business, like I have no business denying that because plenty of people like were like, yeah, we drew that when we were kids. And I'm like, yeah, I drew that when I was a kid. So what, who am I to like, well, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? And at like, the end of the day, all of this shit is a thousand percent inconsequential. So I'm willing to go with it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. You have no reason to lie about the fact that you were drawing it when you were a kid. Well, and you if know? you do, I don't care also. <laughs> <laughs> this too. Yes, this too. So the, um, the one explanation that I, I guess thought was the explanation or what I heard as a kid was that it's the Stussy logo, as in the the clothing brand. Oh, you heard that when you were a kid? Yeah, I remember, like, some kids, I remember kids calling it, like, the Stussy S. Okay, see, I don't have any memory of that. And I think... I saw that in the research, but I never, I don't have any memory of that. I can't tell you, I think it was maybe, maybe, like, my older brother and his friends mm. called it that. And we, Got it. he's like four and a half years older than me. Got it. And I think we called it the cool S, but I like, I don't remember exactly where or when I heard that, but that, when I saw that as an explanation, I was like, oh yeah, I remember people calling it that. Mm-hmm. So the, the funny thing about, uh, about that, that like, it seems to be the case is just that there's no... There's literally zero evidence, including, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, including from, like, the mouth of Stussy themselves. They're like, no, we never use that as a logo. Right. That Yeah, that is true. Um, and someone at Vice, um, 
I'll find the article in a minute. But there was a a writer at Vice who did who wrote two articles, like one originally and then a follow up about trying to track down the origin of this. Oh, word! That's interesting. And he, I mean, they're not great articles, but he did a little bit of work, which is sort of the Vice way, it seems. Um, <laughs> da dun dun. Just do barely enough to make a post about it, and then have other people do shit for you. <laughs> Um, well, but Hey, but you know why though? It's cause I heard vice barely paid their writers. So if I was one of their writers, yeah. that's probably what I would have done. Dude, too. Have like, you been, oh, you're giving me have you $20 been listening, for 800 words. Have you been listening to that podcast about the vice music editor who's going to jail for smuggling Coke into Australia? No, but you should send it to me because oh, fuck, I almost, it's fun. I mean, it's not fun, I, but it's wild. I almost tweeted this today. I was like, I get, I get that the world is burning down around us and there's like a lot of really crazy shit going on. But I think the most like frustrating part about that has been that all of my, like all of my media that I usually enjoy. Oh yeah. Fuck it. No, no, no. I can't listen to any of that shit, dude. I'm listening to my talking about (laughs) coronavirus instead of like, I'm like, no, no, that's literally the last thing I need you to do right now because I, I just want the world to keep going on like normal in yep. some small fashion of my life. And instead I'm like, oh, I'm going to go listen to Reply All. Nope. I'm going to go listen to Radio Lab. Nope. Oh, I'm going to go listen. It's just like everybody is just like, here's all the shit about coronavirus. I'm like, yo, I already have 10,000 pounds of that entering my brain on a day-to-day basis. I do not need y'all to be doing this too. I would rather you just did different things. Okay. Two suggestions for you. Yes. Have you ever fucked with Hello from the Magic Tavern? I have not. It is a just stupid, fun, goofy, improvised sci-fi fantasy podcast with some improvisers from Chicago. Uh, including friend of the show who's been on the show before, Nick Mested, right? Wasn't Nick on an episode? He's guested a couple times. He's not like one of the regulars, but yes. Um, yes. And hello from the I'm literally writing this down as we do this. And they have like because I really need this right now. They've been hello going from f- the magic tavern. They've been going for five years weekly. So you have like 250 back episodes to go through. That is another thing I need is I need a thing that I could like go start at the beginning yep. from. Um it's good at the beginning and then gets better as they go. And okay. it's like sort of you would benefit from listening to it in order, but you wouldn't have to. Um sure. you would just like miss some inside jokes and shit. Sure. And then this one, I Googled Vice Podcast Coke Australia because I couldn't remember, <laughs> couldn't remember the name of it. And it's called Nailed it. It's called Cool Mules. Cool Mules. Yep. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. That's a, a lot. Uh, it's, it's very on point, though. Uh, okay. The About the Show says, when Vice music editor Slava P reached out to young journalists with journalists with job offers they thought it was about freelance writing instead he asked them to smuggle 20 million dollars worth of coke into australia damn yep it launched uh the beginning of this month i think there are like four or five episodes out so far it's uh it's not fun but it's like a good uh escape distraction from this bullshit okay lit i'm in Hello from Magic Tavern is just like good, stupid, dumb fun. That's what I need. And I need something that I can mainline too. Cause that's the other thing too, is like when you're not doing anything, nothing comes out fast enough. I mean, you've got <laughs> you know? 200 hours of that shit to go through. Plus, uh, 
I can hook you up with a Stitcher premium membership, and then you have 200 more hours of paid content to go through. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Real quick, let's take a break to talk about better help. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? If so, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. You can connect with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment, and it's super convenient. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace by scheduling secure video or phone sessions, plus chat or text with your therapist whenever you need to. BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, anger, family concerns, LGBT matters, and a whole bunch of other stuff, and anything you share is totally confidential. So right now, if you go to betterhelp.com and use promo code WHATIF, you can get 10% off your first month. So get started today by going to betterhelp.com slash WHATIF, or use promo code WHATIF for 10% off your first month. Let's get back to the weird shit. Anyway. Yeah, what the fuck were we talking about? uh, You were asking... um, about the vice show i think oh, before. Oh, oh, oh this vice guy tried to track down the uh the origin of the s and he that's it he called stucy and talked to one of their pr people named emmy coates who has worked with stucy since 85 when they started okay and she said quote this is not an original stucy logo I get asked this a lot, but people have been drawing the S long before Stussy was established. Uh, people just assumed it was Stussy, and it's sort of spread from there. Got it. So, two things. We have someone who's worked at Stussy since they started saying, no, this is never not our logo and never has been. And also, they started in 85, and we have people claiming to have seen this thing as far back as the 40s and 50s. It makes sense, though, because there's a degree there where you go, kids, fucking, kids are the ones that, are not kids, kids, but, like, kids are the ones who are, like, primarily drawing this, right? Like, we're talking, I don't know, like, do you remember how old you were? I remember it being, like, roughly middle school age. I was going to say, like, late elementary to middle school, probably, fifth through yeah. eighth grade or so, so, like, that, 11 right. to 14 or something. Right. So you go like, that's roughly the age of the kids. Stussy is like a kid skater brand that right. leads I mean, with an ass. It's it's their like demographic it, for sure. Right. Like it's their demographic and they lead with an ass. And like, it's, it's pretty easy to see how that could be like, yeah, and, yeah. It's like the stu- like, that's what we say. It means it's the Stussy ass. Well, and they do have some variations of their logo that look sort of similar to it. Sure. Um, but no one has ever produced a photo of or an actual like piece of their clothing that has that exact S on it. They just have some like stylized right. S's because their logo is an S. Right, 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 right. So according to them, it's, it's not them. <laughs> and the timeline doesn't really work out anyway. Yeah. And also they say it's not them. It's not them, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Like they'd want it. They'd want to own it. If it was, they'd probably want to copyright it. If it was. Yeah, exactly. Um, he also reached out to Suzuki, the car company, um, because their logo is also pretty similar to this S. See the Lamino video said that too. And I looked at it and I was like, 
I mean, I don't know. It depends on what your definition of similar is. I feel like, like a stylized S that is angular. And, and that's all they're not, saying. Right. But like that, like, I don't know. That's not even like design wise. It's not similar. There is not it's like similar a, in, in that it's a angular stylized S. But that's it though. Yeah, like it's, right. yeah, I, I guess I'm, and like, I come from like a design background professionally so i guess that's this probably why i have more beef with that than maybe other people would but i'm like that's not the same (laughs) and like that would not hold up in a copyright case to say that like this is even like a deviation of that no it's definitely not the same i think people are looking for anything similar because there is no clear like path to finding the origin of this thing right so we're looking for like sure could it be a kid's variation of this thing you know, sure. Or like a sloppy sure. reproduction that got passed down through decades of kid telephone to become this thing. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he, this vice uh, author contacted Suzuki directly and talked to Lewis Croft, who is the Australian marketing manager for Suzuki. This must have been vice Australia because they both times talked to the Australian version of these companies. Um, but anyway, the marketing manager said the drawing you sent me is not an earlier version of the Suzuki logo, nor is it our current official logo. This is the current Suzuki logo as it first appeared in 1958. So the timeline makes a little more sense for this one in that Suzuki was founded in 58 and have had the same logo since 1958. Yeah, but it doesn't look the same. And I don't know why kids all over the world would be drawing the logo of a Japanese auto brand. Yeah, I mean, I like, I can't even... Like, when has Suzuki ever been cool with kids? (laughs) I can't even, like, speak to knowing what Suzuki was when I was a fucking fifth grader. Yeah, I mean... Well, and when I looked up, when I was doing research for this episode, that was the first time I think I had seen their logo. Or like oh, word. Okay. Been, been consciously aware of what their logo was, you know? Sure, sure, sure. So if we were drawing that shit because of Suzuki, it was very indirectly, you know? Yeah. And we that, weren't and just even, like, yeah, that just feels so loose to me. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not the answer. <laughs> word. Um, we've got the, the Superman logo, which I agree with you is a, is not an explanation. Yeah, I'm like, because kids also drew the Superman logo because it was cool because Superman is cool. This is yeah, this like, is not that at all. Hella kids, like hella kids, I remember were rocking like Superman T-shirts back in the day. Yeah, and like, and that's the thing that's so stupid about that is like, like I had a Superman T-shirt when I was a kid. I was a fucking comic book nerd, like, and like that shit was cool. You get that shit from like Spencer's Gifts or fucking Target or whatever. But, like, the thing about that that doesn't make any sense to me is, like, why wouldn't you just... It's not like the Superman logo is crazy hard to draw. It's a diamond with an S inside of it. Like, it's not like... And if it were a variation of it, wouldn't there be, like, multiple variations? Not this one variation that then we all reproduced exactly? Yeah, exactly. It would be, like, it would be, like, bad Superman logos, not, like... Which I'm sure are a thing that kids draw, but they don't look like this. 
But they don't look like a fucking stylized angular S. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, some of these explanations, like, Loki kind of fucking made me mad because I was just like, no, that's obviously not it. Like, why are people even suggesting that? Well, it's because people are reaching because there's not a clear answer, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, There are a million bands that have used some version of it, but they all seem to have happened after this S became popularized. Yeah, which makes sense, right? That, like, people will, yeah. Yeah. Like, people will adopt something that is common trope and pull it into, like, the world. Yeah. Or pull it into their world. Um, I came across on Reddit two decent possible explanations. Um, And I'm just going to read them. They're a little bit long, but I think they're worth it. I'm going to read them verbatim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The first says, I've been researching this for a few years now, and I think I've come up with the most likely source for it. It's a matchstick puzzle. These have been around since ancient Greece, and they even have a subreddit here, if I recall correctly. They are simple puzzles that combine logic puzzles with physical puzzles. You're usually presented with a set of information that is technically correct, but the solution involves using the things that you are presented in in strange or unorthodox ways. Um, a, cla- so, a classic example would be to present three vertical sticks and ask the question without breaking any sticks, make four. The solution is to tilt two of the matches to make an I and a V, the Roman numeral four. So this one I actually really liked because I remember this shit. I don't remember it specifically with like the the S puzzle itself. You remember this type of puzzle though? Yeah, this type of concept. And that was actually, this was actually the first time where I was like, oh, this would kind of make sense to explain for like the ubiquity of this thing across continents to be like, because remember how I was like, oh, there's no way that everyone learns this thing. But it's like, oh, well, if it was like a common logic puzzle. Yeah that was being used to teach like logic and reasoning and like creative thinking in children to go with these six lines, use seven more to create an S seven more and only straight lines to create an S like that would make a lot of sense for kids being like, yo, I know how to draw an S and the reason it would get shared from kid to kid would be, it would be like a riddle, right? It would be like, I know a thing you don't know. Yep. And I'm going to draw these six lines and go to you, kid. I mean, we we used to do this shit all the time where it would be like, it'd be a little puzzle. Like somebody would draw this many dots and it would be like, what's the fewest amount of lines you can do to hit all the dots or like, or whatever, yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? Like shit like that. And I, and then in my mind, I'm like, okay, cool. That would make sense then if some kid learned this fucking six line riddle to create an S, that would spread and that would spread in a way where I could see it making sense. But yeah. again, to your point, like- this shit happened way sooner than we have any documentation of that puzzle existing in the world. Yeah. So this same, this Reddit poster, uh, it keep going a little bit and it, I think it helps fill in some more of those questions too. Um, they say, I believe the Stussy S or pointed S is a variation on this idea since it fits into the framework of those puzzles. The actual source of this puzzle being widespread in the United States is that these kinds of simple puzzles were very common in scouting, which means that they would have been widespread in the pre-electronic age, and it's a simple enough trick that once one kid has the has it figured out, it would spread quickly. 
like you just said. Um, also, as far as information goes, little tricks like this are very easy for older kids, siblings, or parents to show young kids as a thing just to distract them or keep them busy, i.e. the rubber pencil trick or other ways to perform simple optical illusions. Sure. Um, it's also not copyrighted or owned by anyone, which means that it would be easy to include in activity books or activity sheets. I learned sure. it. I learned it from a magazine like Highlights or Boys Life when I was a kid, and I my friend learned it from an issue of I believe American Girl magazine. It has all the perfect elements for a meme. It's simple but interesting, easily repeatable. Anybody can do it, and it isn't copyrighted. Yep. So the problem yep. with that is no one is able to produce one of those magazines that includes this quote-unquote puzzle. Right. It's like, a, I remember it from, but nobody can actually show the from that they remember it from. Right. So this person lists three different magazines. Well, no one can find an episode or uh, an issue of any of those magazines that includes this. So... And that's problematic in its own right, because a lot of those companies have back issues or have at least digitized their back catalogs and would be able to reproduce that. Yes. There was another uh, Reddit post, I think in that same thread, um, where someone said this symbol is actually from a puzzle book released by Scholastic Books. So we have now a fourth publication. The original puzzle simply showed two rows of three vertical lines, and the challenge was to turn them into the letter S by adding eight more straight lines. So what you were right. suggesting earlier. Yeah. Uh, looking at the finished product, it seems easy, but when faced with the two rows of three lines, it was quite challenging. Once it was figured out, it became something to doodle. Uh, it became widespread because everybody used to get those scholastic books in elementary school. Right. So our, our guy, Lemino, Lemino, whatever, um, actually messaged this person on Reddit and said, hey, do you know what Scholastic book that was? And they responded and said, Scholastic used to publish a monthly magazine called Dynamite. It was a monthly magazine geared towards children that ran for nine years and 112 issues. Blah, 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 blah. It talks about this matchstick puzzle. So... Lumino tracked down like dozens of issues of this dynamite magazine from Scholastic and was unable to find this puzzle in any of them. And this uh, dynamite was first published in 1974. So it wouldn't explain people, people being familiar with it in the fifties, sixties and at least one person reporting it in the forties. Right. Right. It's like, it's one of those, see, and that's the interesting thing is like with a lot of this shit, I feel like it's like you're finding, <laughs> you're just finding like another breadcrumb, right? We're finding like one <laughs> branch like, of the tree, but not the trunk. Right. You're just like, okay, cool. That gets us further back. Or but like, that's not, or that's how beginning. it spread to this group in this era, but it's not the origin of it. Right. Right. The closest thing I've found to an origin is from that same YouTube video. He tracks it down to graffiti. Which is funny because, you know, like I watched the Lamino video. Yeah. And I remember thinking the whole time I was like, where's the graffiti tie in? Because we always called it the graffiti ass. Mm -hmm. 
And so I remember thinking like this originated in graffiti somehow. And I was like waiting for that tie in the whole time. And he's like, and then I discovered, and I was like, yeah, I've been waiting for that to be the case. <laughs> it's a hard, <laughs> like, it's, it's a hard thing to document though. You know, like, to, Oh, a hundred percent. Graffiti is temporary typically and location specific and no one takes credit for it a lot. And like, especially early on, it wasn't documented in photographs very often. And if it was like yep. those photos probably aren't on the internet, they would be in books and stuff if anywhere. Right. Right. So he originally tracked it down to a, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat painting from 1982 called, uh, olive oil. And in the corner of this, this painting is mostly text with some arrows and stuff, but in the, upper left corner of this painting there is the s and then next to it an equals sign and classic s of graph implying which is interesting implying that he discovered it through graffiti and a lot of basquiat's uh work was informed by 70s and 80s new york graffiti and and also like it's interesting to me that Basquiat refers to it as the classic S of graffiti as in like, I'm using it here, but I mean, well, Basquiat died pretty young, but whenever that painting was like, the painting was from 1982, 82. And he would have been what? 20, I don't know. Uh, Mid twenties at the time. I don't know. But yeah, somewhere in there, I think probably mid twenties. I can't remember. I think he died when he was like, uh, he was born uh, in 60, so he would have been 22. 22, okay. So for him to identify that as a classic graffiti S, it just it leads me to believe that there was like a significantly longer tradition of that. Yeah, for sure. In his world, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, Lamino was able to trace it back farther, for sure, to 1973 at least. And there's a book called The Faith of Graffiti. It's a photo book um, by a photographer named John Narr, N-A-A-R. And it appears in a photograph in that book that was published in 73. So that photo is from, at the latest, 1973. Yep. And then there are, or there's at least one photo uh, taken by someone named Howard Gribble. And he took graffiti photos and there's one from, uh, it's like 1970 or 71. They're on Flickr. And it's a set called the golden age of gang graffiti. And it's a, f- a bunch of 67 photos of early seventies gang graffiti. Mm. And in one of them, uh, there is, this S and it's well in a couple of them, there's this S, but there's one specifically where it's faded relative to the other stuff around it. So it's like, it's a wall that has had many layers of graffiti on it over time. Yep. And this S is like the most faded layer. Yep. Meaning that. I I don't know. We could guess that it's probably been there a while. Right. Right. And these photos were from 
like 70 to 72, I think. So we could, I mean, at the latest, it's 72, at, but it probably like late 60s to maybe 1970. We've got this thing showing up in graffiti. Which is good, which is all good and fine. And like, I appreciate the, the road that like Lamino goes down and like, and Basquiat saying this is a classic graffiti S being like, okay, that's where like, maybe it was popularized or used a lot. But the thing that's so weird and like, doesn't make sense to me still is if there are dads being like, yeah, we were drawing that in the forties, like graffiti wasn't even really a thing in the forties. Right. So yeah, like like, graffiti may still not have been the origin of it. It just, again, helped to popularize it. And, and that's what I mean by like, it just feels like each of these things is collecting a breadcrumb down a road, but like, it just is a, is a, is a breadcrumb to the next breadcrumb. It's not, yeah, you're never like, oh, here's where it all started. It's just like, no, that's just another piece of this weird fucking puzzle. So the photo, I'll uh, I'll link to it. the The photo that specifically features this S in like the same version that you see it now um, is called Avenues, and there's an S, and then next to it is like maybe an O, sort of in a similar style word and below it there's a tag dated 1970 that looks significantly darker than this very faded s above it so i mean we're looking at late 60s which then to me gets to the like okay if this was being used in gang graffiti in the 60s yeah it probably like this photo from 1970 probably wasn't the very first one, right? It probably already been a while around for a while. This is just for sure. The longest or the earliest surviving photograph we have of it for sure. And then I think we're like within the, the range of that, like, Oh, my dad says he saw it in the fifties and sixties. Like, right. We're probably in the margin of error for anecdotal 60-year-old memories of things. Right. Being like, oh, maybe I saw that on a college notebook, but I'm remembering it earlier than it was or whatever. Yeah. If we want to go a little bit farther out there, though, into like some really ancient shit, there is uh, a publication from 1890 called uh, Mechanical Graphics. By Frederick Wilson. And it's. I don't exactly know what the purpose of it was. But there are like. Font sheets. Basically in it. Yeah that's sort of the way I understand it. Is it's like. It's like font templates. Almost like traceable font templates. Yeah. And this. Very. If not the same. Like very similar stylization of the letter s appears in this publication from 1890 amongst like as part of a typeset i guess and someone suggested in one of those reddit threads a painting from 1533 called the ambassadors by uh hans holbein the younger And it's two guys in very fancy robes and coats standing next to a table with 
some instruments and globes and scientific shit on it. And there's like a tapestry on the table. And in the middle of this tapestry is that letter S. Like the exact Hmm. stylization of it that we're all familiar with. And when is that one from? 1533. Damn. Have you seen that one? No, I have not. Uh, How do I look that up? um, Google the ambassadors and then Hans Holbein, H-O-L-B-E-I-N. It's uh, a Google art, alt, mm, Google arts and culture has a a pretty good scan of it. Oh, this is the, um, you have to zoom in maybe, but it's like right in the center of the frame. This is the one where it's got the, uh, the directional skull thing, right? Like if you look at it from directional skull thing. Yeah. That weird blob in the middle of their feet. Oh yeah. What What is that? So it was like, it's a, it's like a painter's trick. If you look at it from a specific direction, that's a skull, like a, like a, um, what the fuck? Hans was on some wild shit. Yeah, for real. What's the fucking word I'm looking for? It's like a perspective. Yeah. It's a perspective painting. So if you look at them straight on, it looks like a weird blob across the screen. But if you look at the painting shifted like 45 degrees to the left, it's it's a Whoa. it's like a human skull painted on the floor. What the fuck are you doing here, little buddy? <laughs> yeah, bruv. <laughs> yeah, bruv. I remember this painting. I actually I think I saw this painting at the National Gallery. Huh. It's, I think it's in D.C., uh, maybe. Um, nope. London. Lies. Lies. You sit on a I throne of seen, lies. Uh, I do sit on a throne of lies. I have not seen this painting. <laughs> um, but I remember this painting because I remember the skull, and I remember talking about like the anamorphic fucking nature of the the skull itself. Um. Okay. So in conclusion, Sorry, got derailed. Where's the fucking, where's the fucking ass? Here? Oh, you didn't find it yet. It's on the, so if you look at that, the table in between the two of them, it's kind of hard. You got to zoom yes. in, but okay. So you see like, uh, the guy with the pink oh, shirt. Yep. It's like yep, just to the it. right of his hand. Got it. Yeah. Sideways. Yeah. 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 It's like, and it's weird it's be- on the tapestry draped over the table that they're like leaning against. Or yeah. And the, the rest of the patterning on the tapestry is like fairly is consistent. <laughs> And this but it's is not just that at all. No, but this is just like a one-off in the middle. It doesn't even appear to be part of the pattern on this tapestry. Right. It's very weird. Right. Right. But Hans was clearly on some other other shit with his directional skull paintings in the 1500s. Preach. Okay, so <laughs> so let me let me throw a thing out there. Yeah, cuz I'm that... out of fucking ideas at this point. No, okay. None of this like seems like the origin of it to me. It just all seems like later iterations that helped to popularize it well okay let me say two things let me say one thing first i have a thought about origin and then i have another thought that goes beyond origin which is more of a question but the question i have is i i understand the the sentiment of of like driving towards the origin like where did this begin yeah but I, but I also feel like the interesting thing about this one specifically is the origin doesn't actually tell us anything about its current ubiquity. 
Do you know what I mean by that? Um, like, yes, like even although if, I, I feel like we've found or we have an idea of some of the ways in which it may have been popularized later. Like yes graffiti definitely no. helped. And then graffiti helped, but graffiti doesn't have anything to do with like, like, I, like we called it the graffiti S, but like we weren't seeing a lot of graffiti that contained it, you know, like it's not like, it's not like you saw it in graffiti. It was just this shape that kids at a certain age were drawing and continue to draw. And that's the weirdest part to me is there still isn't, even if we find like the thing that made it most popular or the place that it like really truly originally originated from, it doesn't tell us why it is on six continents and a hundred countries or 150 countries and particularly concentrated in this specific age group, you know, like that's no. the weirdest thing to me. There doesn't have to be that, one like, explanation for that either, though, you know. No, there doesn't have to be one explanation for it. But I guess what I'm saying is even if there are things that popularize it, like why this shape and why does it why did it keep going? It's a doodle. I mean, it's all it is. It's a doodle. It's a little yeah. doodly ass puzzle. I guess kids I, doodle nonstop. Like, why has this one continued and continued and continued to survive? Like, I think looking at the origin or looking at things that may or may not have popularized it still doesn't really get to the crux for me personally of explaining why it continues to be as ubiquitous as it was for so long. Just a perfect meme format. I mean, I guess, but like that, but that's what it is. Is it's just like why, like why, what, what is? That's what I'm saying. It's not even that cool of an S. Like it's, it's. I get it. It's an interesting shape, but, but it's not even that cool. But it's the perfect balance. If it were cooler, maybe it would be harder to make or harder to remember. You know, it's too per- cool, right? It's whoa, a, it, whoa, whoa, too cool, too cool. Well, you know, it might be more complicated, right? It's it's sort of cool, but it's very simple, and it's like. Yeah. It's cool until you know about it. And then, but then once you know about it, you can be cool by showing another kid who doesn't know about it. Right. I don't know. What was your other, your part two of that? Totally. Um, So, and then the part two, I guess, was uh, about the origin. So I had this thought where I was like, I don't know nearly enough about the uh like the invention of the written language or of the printing press as a whole i'd be fascinated by it actually if anybody has like a book to read about like the printing press i feel like that would be a super fascinating thing um you should hit us up and tell me about it but i had the thought as i was looking into this like is there a possibility that at a certain point in time going back to the the 1800s mechanical font chart thing that you were talking about. What mm-hmm. was that guy's name again? Or what was that from again? Um, hold on. That was mechanical graphics by Frederick Wilson. That's the one. Um, does it make sense that there was a specific time in which it was valuable to be able to create like an entire alphabet, like English alphabet font using only straight lines. Mm. But then my, why, and, but then why the S wouldn't we have every other letter also? So, so yes, for sure. And that's the first thought that I had related to that thought. But 
but I don't know, like, I don't know why some things survive and others don't. But part of me wonders if like, like going to this ambassador's painting, like, is it possible that there is some sort of, I don't know, and I, I'm sure I'm wrong, but like, is there some sort of S related thing related to that thing where it's like a coat of arms or a family heirloom or I, I don't know, I don't know. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, could that have been an origin where there was a point where a font required only straight lines and it was like, how do we get an S out of straight lines? And that was it. And people were like, huh, that's a fun way to draw an S using only straight lines. That shit's tight. And it just, you know, like it's, it's less cool than like a Q would just be like a rectangle with a, with a tail <laughs> or like, you know, like, I don't know, like, was that this just a particular, yeah, like, is this just that a particular interesting bro, way? <laughs> <laughs> all right now we're talking now we're talking this is that good shit <laughs> that's that gangster ass <laughs> but like just going back to and again like uh, this is what i mean is i don't think this solves for anything but part of me wonders if you know we're talking about going back super far this paintings from the 1500s was there a period of time where the printing press benefited by being like hey we can create all kinds of letters or like even like with a fucking chisel you know we can chisel the alphabet using this one one inch or two inch wide chisel. And this is how we used to do our S's. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I wonder if that could get us somewhere to the, you know, to, to the origin. Many styles, bro. Many styles, bro. Styles P, bro. <laughs> well, once again, we've solved nothing, but we had some fun along the way. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> uh, we want to know from y'all, did you do it? What'd you call it? Uh, send us an email it's hi at whatifpodcast.com if you want to leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614 thank you very much for uh, the participation <laughs> yes we appreciate your participation thank you guys for listening and supporting the show uh, if you want to leave us an iTunes review we're getting really close to 500 iTunes reviews when we hit 500 we're going to do another live episode uh, Spencer and I are going to hang out with you guys we'll do a live uh, episode of the show answer questions hang out with everybody so go leave us an itunes review if you feel so inclined and we'll uh we'll hang out on a live show very soon uh, stay safe stay sane we'll talk to you guys soon we ain't down with killing we down with chilling peace peace